Let's think back to late 2018 for a minute. Before the Fed paused its rate hike program and eventually got into rate cuts in 2019, in the last quarter of 2018, a whole bunch of stuff happened which basically told you ahead of time what the Fed was going to do because of what it meant for the global marketplace and therefore the real economy. We had euro dollar futures which had inverted a tiny little bit from June of 2018 up until late in, later on in that year. Suddenly that inversion exploded. You had inversions show up in the U.S. Treasury yield curve. You also had on October 18th of 2018, WTI curve went into contango. A series of warnings one after another after another that suggested the economy that the Federal Reserve thought was uh, was was happening, the risks of inflation were rapidly turning into something else entirely. As of course we would find out in 2019 and eventually rate cuts, the Fed would agree with all that too. Before any of those things, however, before the contango, before the euro dollar futures curve went nuclear, before the US Treasury yield curve went inverted, there was another big warning that suggested, first of all, that the economy was in serious trouble, the monetary marketplace was in serious trouble, and this wasn't just about the United States. The Chinese cut their RRR. It's a benchmark interest rate that the PBOC uses ostensibly for stimulus, what's called stimulus, but it is anything but. And that's the problem here. When we see the Chinese cut the RRR, to me that tells me, uh-oh, things are going really wrong. But in the media, what you'll hear, oh, this is good, this is stimulus. The Chinese, Chinese government is coming to the rescue of the economy and the marketplace. In fact, as we got an announcement today, CNBC said 70 billion or something like that, that banks are going to be, un that's going to be unlocked for the banking system to use in the Chinese economy. And that's my point here, that over the Thanksgiving holiday in the United States, first the state council in China hinted at using the RRR before earlier today, the PBOC confirmed effective December 5th, another RRR rate cut, which follows as I said in my last video, pretty much all everything in the last couple weeks, escalating warnings, one after another, after another, after another, after another. And now we have another RR cut to go along with deepening contango, deepening inversions, all the things that led in late 2018 to us to expect the Federal Reserve was going to stop. And that's not even that that's the important part. The important part was the economy and the markets were in such a bad state that the Fed could no longer deny reality and continue hiking. That might be the parallel here today. Again, we got another big one, China's RRR cut along with everything else. But before we get into what the RRR cut actually is and what it really means for 2022 into 2023, first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. Uh, if you're interested in Eurodollar University memberships, you can go to the Eurodollar University website, which is eurodollar.university. Saying that enough, I guess. Branding and marketing and all that stuff, right? Uh, there's a pre-Black Friday sale, which is not pre-Black Friday anymore. Today is Black Friday. Black Friday sale at Markets Insider Pro, where you can get more Eurodollar University subscriptions, research subscriptions. Uh, check that out at marketsinsiderpro.com. There's also a special savings available on Eurodollar University's other research subscription, which is called the Daily uh, Deep Dive Analysis, which is available daily. All the information you need on all of these things, Eurodollar.university. And of course, Eurodollar University members can save on the Deep Dive Analysis too. All the information at the website, 
eurodollar.university. So what is China's RR card? That's, let's start there. What is this thing? Reserve, requirement, reduced, reserve. There's three R's involved and it has to do with the banking system and the level of reserves that they are required by the Chinese government to hold against their deposit liabilities. Nothing more, it's nothing more complicated than the traditional reserve requirements. However, China's monetary system is very different from our own or others around the rest of the world because uh, like many other emerging market economies way, way back when uh, many decades ago, as China looked to transform its system from a Maoist backward subsistence agrarian economy into a modern powerhouse that has become, it needed a lot of external do dollars to do so. China's monetary system is hugely dollarized in a way that people don't seem to appreciate, which is kind of odd. Anyway, the, the process here is really, in, in terms of the overall concept, is actually pretty simple. So you have lots of dollars, this is the pre-crisis era, lots of dollars go into China, which go, a lot of them end up on the People's Bank of China's balance sheet as foreign exchange reserves. And as the dollars come in, a lot of them end up on the PBOC's China, or the PBOC Bank of China's um, balance sheet on the asset side. That means on the liability side, they're going to create more currency as well as bank reserves because this is a double accounting system. Whatever happens on the asset side has to happen on the liability side. So more Forex assets means more liabilities, more bank reserves, and more currency. But not wanting consumer prices to get even more out of control than they had been in the middle 2000s, the, the PBOC said, we got to keep taking in dollars to manage the, uh, Ch the Chinese yuan's foreign exchange rate. But that also means that we've got to manage the currency money inflow risks that are that are being uh, are being created in consumer prices. So as more dollars came in, as more bank reserves and, and currency were printed by the PBOC, they also raised the reserve requirements, trying to lock up some of this money that the, that was that was hitting the Chinese all at once in just absolute deluge in the in the uh, the mature euro dollar cycle. But what they, what never you know never nobody ever really contemplated was what would happen if everything had to go in reverse because at that time nobody thought that was even possible. China was going to grow forever. Yet around 2011, suddenly things started to go wrong. Now 2008 for China was pretty severe, but they weathered it relatively well. And in fact, it was it seemed nothing more than a temporary, a short but sharp recession, a temporary deviation in growth for the Chinese. But 2011 was different and it represented a reversal in all of these things that had supported Chinese and global economic growth for decades, starting with monetary flows. Suddenly they stopped coming in in the same way they had before. Now they still started, they were still, you know, Chinese bankers or Chinese uh, foreign reserves were still growing after 2011, but they were never growing as fast. And by the time you get to 2013 and 2014, now you're starting to see actual outright contraction. Dollars were no longer coming in. In fact, dollars were leaving China for reasons we did. We, uh, I want to get into here, but we don't really have the time to do so. And the Chinese responded mechanically by doing the exact opposite as what they had done from in the pre-crisis era. As foreign exchange left the PBOC's balance sheet, the foreign exchange uh, the balances reduced. That meant they double accounting. They also had to reduce the liability side of the balance sheet too. 
And what that meant was not going to not going to uh, take back some currency, physical currency. That meant reducing the level of bank reserves, which in 2014, 15 and 16, they did by quite a lot. In order to try and offset that monetary contraction, that level of bank reserves being reduced or but uh, you know dollars leaving China therefore leading to RMB contraction, the PBOC did a couple things. They lowered some of their benchmark credit rates, but they also began reducing and keeping down the RRR, which meant that as bank reserves contracted because they were, the PBOC was forced to restrict it, contract its balance sheet by the lack of foreign exchange inflows and as well as foreign exchange outflows, that meant that they had to reduce bank reserves. And the attempt, the uh, the uh, purpose here was to allow the banking system to try to use some of its own liquidity, lower reserve requirements to offset that dollar-based destruction going on in China. That's really the point here. The PBOC wasn't adding RMB into the economy through the banking channel by a lowered reserve requirement. They were responding to a monetary contraction that, that was external, one that was originating outside of China, affecting the PBOC's balance sheet, which therefore affected the internal monetary system inside the country. So the RRR cuts are a warning sign, not just about China looking at its own economy and thinking we need to do a little stimulus. It's a warning sign because the PB, PBOC realizes that it's going to have to restrict bank reserves because of all these external problems. Therefore, they cut back on, as they cut back on foreign exchange, they then have to, have to cut back on bank reserves and hope that the banking system, the commercial banking system, with a lower reserve requirement is able to make up some or hopefully all of that coming deficit, which simply raises the question, does it actually work that way? And the answer is unequivocally, absolutely not. See, the RRR cuts are not stimulus. They're like quantitative easing around the rest of the world. They are central banks responding to a deflationary global monetary impulse. We have dollar system problems causing outflows, which then the PBOC has to respond to in the parlance of traders. They have to sell dollars to buy RMB, which is not really what happens. They have to use their foreign exchange in order to supply dollars to a system that can no longer get them at the, at the way, in the way and at the prices that uh, were, were, were thought to be reasonable uh, previously. As that happens, that creates this cascading effect inside of China, which causes fewer foreign exchange reserves again on the PBOC's balance sheet. It means fewer bank reserves are going to be uh, the, the, the PBOC is going to let into the banking system, which means RRR cuts. The banks are they we hope offset this monetary destruction that starts outside and ends up coming inside. So when we see an RRR cut, especially in conjunction with all of these other warning signs that we see, we see an RR cut at the same time as oil curve going into Katango, massive Euro dollar futures inversion, major inversion in the US Treasury curve or some other curves like Germany. It's another big warning sign that the Chinese in particular are looking at their dollar situation, at their internal economic situation and saying, uh-oh. And in 20, 2018, which was a perfect example, 
I wrote in, uh, in early October of 2018, as the RR cut was announced, before all this other stuff happened, um, I wrote, like 2015, these RR cuts are showing us the euro dollar condition. China's money problems aren't really Chinese. They are money problems. They're external global dollar reserve currency money problems. And so the Chinese were actually doing us a favor by reducing the RRR. They weren't fixing the situation. They were telling us they see the situation as severe enough as it requires some form of policy response. Hope, you know, they knew full well that this wasn't going to be effective, but they had to do something anyway because central banks, that's how they operate. They operate on a sentimental basis, a psychological basis. So the RR cut sounds like it's banks, it sounds like it's the PBOC allowing these banks the opportunity to use more of their balance sheet capacities, when in fact it's just, the real purpose here is these CNBC stories where they talk about the Chinese pouring, Chinese banks are now gonna be able to pour all these hundreds of billions of RMB into the local economy, and that's gonna be good for everybody. But it's not, as I wrote again in January 2019, revisiting the RR topic three months later, after all this other stuff had happened, as I said, that's exact, what I said in 2018, in October 2018, is exactly what has unfolded over the last few months of 2018, and all around the world, not just in one place here or there. Money problems are market problems. Therefore, the global economy isn't poised to skyrocket as Powell keeps claiming, it has already soured. Here we are again in 2022. Now, like 2018, the October 2018 RR cut was not the first one of that year. It was actually the third. And in 2022, November's RR cut, or actually it will be December's RR cut, isn't the first either. The PBOC has been cutting the RRR all year because the situation continues to get worse and worse and worse. It's it's not stimulus. It's a it's a program that the the, the central bankers use so that they can get some kind of at least they hope some kind of psychological impact, which doesn't do anybody any good in a situation like this. Which is why when you look at not just this year but all these previous years, you see such a you see a pretty solid correlation an inverse correlation really, between what the RRR is intended to accomplish and what actually happens in the real economy. So the RRR goes up in the pre-crisis era, CNY goes up at the same time, everything reverses, especially since 2011 forward, RRR starts to come down as the Chinese Yuan falls in exchange value against the US dollar, representing those dollars going out. And as those dollars go out, the PBOC's balance sheet constricts, which means fewer bank reserves. We see that every time too in these discrete periods that I've labeled as euro dollar one, two, three, four, and now five. And in the economy, China's real economy, is there anything stimulated? Of course not. Whether you look at retail sales or something like fixed asset investment, which is very credit and, and uh, loan heavy, the stimulus stuff doesn't stimulate. What happens is time and time again, as I said before, just to recap, dollar environment goes bad, it becomes a China balance sheet problem at the central bank, which constricts, if there's fewer assets, that means there's gonna be fewer liabilities and fewer liabilities, that means fewer bank reserves. And in an attempt to offset these fewer bank reserves, 
the Chinese, hopefully by allowing the commercial banking system to use more of their balance sheet that offset the coming contraction. And that's the last point I want to make here is that when the Chinese do these RR cuts, RRR cuts like they had in October 2018, they're looking ahead, not behind. They're looking ahead and saying, we see more dollar and economic trouble, trouble ahead. Therefore, we're acting, we're doing the RR cuts in anticipation of it. So it really is a warning, not about what's already happened, but also about what the Chinese officials think is going to continue to happen. So now we've got a big one this week, November into December of 2022. We've already got major Euro dollar university, Euro dollar university, Euro dollar futures inversions, epic you know yield curve inversion, German inversion. Then we had WTI go into contango, and it wasn't technical. In fact, it's even larger contango today. Uh, the January contract is flirting with the May contract now. They're about even. So contango is spreading. And along comes the Chinese with another RR cut, which all together tells us something is going on right now. And it's going to continue going on as we go into December. Thank you for joining me. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. As always, a huge thank you to the Eurodollar University members, uh, as well as our research subscribers. Again, there's a Black Friday sale at Markets Insider Pro. Also, a Friday usual sale on the research products that we offer at Eurodollar University. Until next time, take care.